that's the thing that came to my mind. It was so, I realized all of a sudden that the, my body was moving in a way that was instinctive. Dizruns Radio episode 1044 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, uh, just letting you know something new that I've got available that I, ah, it kind of hurts my heart, but at the same time, I hopefully it helps some folks, which is why I'm putting it together. And that is I've started to put together some kind of one-off training plans, some some things that are a little bit more, I don't necessarily want to say one size fits all, because there's a lot of variance between the, some of the plans I put together, but they're definitely generic, all right? And y'all know where I stand when it comes to Generic plans versus something that's created for you. Hands down, something created for you, for you specifically, I think is better. That said, I recognize that for a whole host of reasons, not everybody is going to get a coach to create a plan for them. So hopefully this is better. This this might be more useful than something that's completely off the shelf, one size fits all, but something where there's some 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 things that are maybe make it stand out, maybe make it a little bit more pertinent to you. Uh, at different types of plans, different levels, different different durations, the whole nine yards. Anyway, uh, I've been working on these for a while. They are now available. And if you type into your browser, disruns.com slash plans. Uh, there's also a link in the show notes, of course, and all that kind of good stuff. But disruns.com slash plans will take you over to the final surge platform, which is the, the platform that I use as a coach. Um, not that you need, it doesn't cost you anything other than the cost of the plan. They're like 10, 15, maybe 20 bucks at the, at the, the longest duration ones. Um, but you can you can get yourself a plan. Uh, you can see the plans that I have available. And shoot, you can you can maybe even you know maybe this is a bad sponsor situation. You can look at some other plans that are available from other coaches and see if maybe one of those is better for you. Ultimately, what works best for you is what works best for you, and that's the most important thing. Uh, but maybe starting with one of these plans, maybe using the book to tweak it and make it your own, maybe that's helpful as well. Uh, but one way or the other, if you'd like a plan that uh, is a little bit more specific. Most of mine right now are focused on heart rate training, although more things to come that aren't as heart rate focused. Um, but if you want to check it out, maybe something like that might be useful for you. Disruns.com slash plans. Again, that's not anything that's interactive with me beyond here's the plan and, uh, you know, put it to work, make it work for you, tweak it, adjust it, make it your own is ultimately the situation. There's also some recovery plans available there as well, as far as some guides and some resources towards foam rolling, stretching, using the stick, things like that. So check it out. If you're interested, disruns.com slash plans. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all, uh, today I'm going a, a few easy miles with someone that uh, I recently met on Twitter. And after a, a quick back and forth, um, we decided, Hey, let's continue the conversation here on the podcast. And uh, you know, with, with the magic of technology, here we are. So, uh, like I said, I mean, just barely have, have scratched the surface with him and talking a little bit before we got recording, but I'm looking forward to getting to know him uh, a bit more today and find out more about his running and, and whatever else that, that comes up as, uh, you know, as things typically go around here. So without any further ado, it's a pleasure today to be able to welcome Mr. Steve B to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Steve, really appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Glad to be here, Danny. Yeah, and uh, 
if you want to connect with Steve on the social medias, Twitter is, is definitely the, be- the best place, probably about the only place. And, and like I said, that's where we originally connected. His handle there is Kendall Fella, at Kendall Fella. But uh, there's a little, twi- little twist to it, as is uh, sometimes often the case. It's at K-E-N-D-A and then 1-1 instead of L-L. K-E-N-D-A-1-1-F-E-L-L-A, all one word. Uh, think of Kendall fella, but it's the two ones instead of the two L's for Kendall. Um, if your head's spinning or you're out on the go and you're trying to think of things, of course, we'll have it linked up in the show notes. Uh, just so all you have to do is click. You don't even have to type anything in. You just click and follow. It, it make it real easy. Dizruns.com slash 1044. Dizruns.com slash 1044. Photos, links, Twitter handles, the whole nine. As per usual, you can find them there and connect with Steve on Twitter. So, Steve, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with uh, a pretty simple question. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes uh, I have a feeling like I know where the answer is going to be. Sometimes I get surprised, and sometimes there's some hemming and hawing because there's a lot of good choices, good possibilities with which to answer. But uh, one way or the other, it's a, it's a good way to start the conversation and see where it takes us, and that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, <laughs> it's not an easy question to answer. I've only ever done three races in all the years in which I've been running. Um, I've run a 10K, I ran a marathon, and then I ran my first half marathon, was it late last year? I'm scheduled to do another half marathon this May and another marathon at the end of the month, end of the year. So I'm guessing I'm going to say half marathon for the time being, just on the basis that that's what I've recently done and I'm about to do another one. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'll, to add to that, yes, I think please. the half marathon is one of those distances. You think, well, it ain't difficult, but it, it's got a bit of a challenge depending on the course. Mm-hmm. And for me, races have to be interesting. They have to have something that gives you a bit of a grind. And for me, hills tend to be my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but my first 10K, it was a hill race. My first marathon was the Snowdonia Marathon, which is something like 3,000 feet of climbing. And my first half marathon had a great big hill thrown in the middle of it. So it's a hill thing for me, I guess. Yeah, Stick a hill in it, I'm there. There you go. There you go. Hills are uh, are, are are a thing. That's for sure. Hmm. And, and uh, I, I live in central Florida here in the States, and, and um, we are not exactly known for our hilly terrain. So so for me, like wrapping my head around you know some some thousands of feet of gain over the course of a marathon, it takes me – like months to get thousands of feet of gain, you know, running, <laughs> running a few hundred miles to get that much, that much climbing done. And, and to, to just do that in as part of your first marathon, like, like, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. Um, but if, if you're in it for the challenge, Hey, you know, that that's, that's a good one for sure. Yeah. Well, I live in North Wales, which is pretty much full of hills. It's mountains. I mean, I look out of my window now and I can see snow on the mountains and down the other, through the other window, I can see the coastline. So I've got the best of both worlds where I'm, I'm at at the moment, I think. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's nice when you have those options. I have, have some folks that I work with fr- from the coaching perspective, and I mean they're not joking when they tell me every any any direction I go outside of my house, I, I have to go a mile up a hill. Like like I live in the valley, and every direction it's just it's just up, and so uh, not a problem I have, and and not always the most enjoyable thing, but it can be it, it, you know it adds a good element to training to help build build the fitness, and uh, then when you do have hills on race day, it's not as big of a of a <laughs> pun intended mountain to climb. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Because you're used to it. So, uh, how'd you get started in the sport of running, Steve? Have you been, you know, only quote unquote, only a handful of races? Nothing wrong with that. But have you been running for for years, or are you just kind of still still I, dipping, getting your toes wet in the, in the uh, sport? Of I running? started running in 2015. Okay. Um, 
it was I used to go mountain biking quite a lot, and I went to a ma- this mountain biking centre. That's some pretty cool trails to go to. And one morning, I was checking out the um, the website to see if there's any runs happening because I used to find if they were running any races there, it would get in the way of my mountain biking. Oh, right. So I, I was looking on the site, and I thought, oh, there's a hill run there, 10k. I wonder if my brother-in-law would fancy doing that. So I sent him a note saying, do you fancy doing this run? And he came back and said, what, are you going to run it? And I thought, well, I hadn't decided if I was going to run it. But I thought, yeah, why not? A bit of bravado. And it kind of started from there. So I signed up for this 10K, kind of enjoyed it, and just kind of pootled along for about a year or so, running here and there, not that often. But 2017, I think it was, I saw the Snowdonia Marathon on telly and thought, that's a bit of me. I fancy that. You know, I've been hiking in Snowdonia. I've been mountain biking there. I used to skateboard on the mountain roads. So I thought, Do you know what? Let's try running a marathon there. And so it was around 2016, 2017 that I started to take running seriously. And I think from there, once I'd done my first marathon, I thought, yeah, I can pretty much do anything I want to now. And I signed up for the marathon again, but with COVID got in the way and it's been postponed twice now. So I'm on to my... Uh, third attempt this year I'm hoping it'll happen but the first time I ran it took me four hours 12 minutes and I set myself the target of doing it in three hours 30 so that's my big challenge for the year I guess is to get hit that marathon and hit it hit it fairly hard but for me the first time I ran it I ran it for a, a dogs trust charity and this year I'm running it for a cancer charity so I like to have a bit of meaning behind what I'm doing with my runs yeah that's 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 awesome and um you know it's it's like to to hear that there's you know some three thousand feet of elevation and then you know first marathon kind of and again if I'm piecing things together really only kind of been quote unquote serious about running for a year ish plus or minus something like that and to throw down in in four hours and and twelve minutes um that's pretty impressive like that's that's a good time to me at least that's a good time regardless. <laughs> Um, let alone first marathon, let alone on a, on a hilly course. That's, that's, you know, kudos to you. Hat tip. I was, I was pleased with the uh, result on that. I must confess it was, I know I was, my goal was to finish and, mm. and not break myself. And, you know, four days later I was doing a 10 K in the, in the hills feeling roughly okay. So it was, it was one of those where I thought, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling I can, I think I can do this running stuff. Yeah. That's what made me th- realize it then. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious, and I don't know if you've if you've thought of this at all, Steve. And I feel like I've had this conversation with, you know, at least similar conversations with a few folks over the years. But you know, having more of a of a mountain biking background, of course, you know, like like I'm not a, I'm not a mountain biker. Again, I don't live anywhere where real mountain biking would really even be a thing. But um, I feel like you know that you you can build such a a great base of a good fitness base um, on the bike that. It can it can translate pretty well into running, um, except for the fact that you know there's some pounding that goes on with running that isn't quite as as intense at least you know the the running the forces of running like it is with with biking, um, but but I guess I guess where I'm going with the question is you know how much do you think that that background in my, mountain biking skateboarding you know other types of activity but not necessarily running led to you know really kind of of you know a, a pretty pretty good start pretty pretty fast start in terms of of that first race um i don't know if, if that's a question that makes sense but the connection between the, the two and how it kind of maybe helped set you up for you know a good start to your running career 
Well, I think the mountain biking, I've been mountain biking for about two years, really, seriously before that. I've been skateboarding for many years, and I kind of moved away from that because well, I turned 50 this year, and I was in my mid-40s then. And I'm guessing skateboarding started to hurt a lot more when you fell. <laughs> right. But what I mean, the mountain biking helped build up my cardio, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still overweight then. I was kind of, I'm 5'9", and I was pushing about 13 stone then. Okay. I think the running kind of helped me drop the weight a little bit um but my cardio was always reasonably good i think what helped with the running more than anything else and there's also a hindrance i'll come on to that was the skateboarding Mm. and i was thinking this a couple of weeks ago i was um out on a mountain run and descending down from the mountain you have there was a lot of these narrow tracks and the middle of the track was full of rocks, stones, etc., which are really, really hard to keep a pace on. Mm-hmm. And I found that if I ran up the sides of the track and then pumped back down again, I could increase my pace. And at the same time, I felt more stable. And that's a technique you use skateboarding when you're riding in bowls or on half pipes. Right. You pump the track and you pump the ramp. And I found I was almost using that and the same kind of movements on my arms and my core that I would have used skateboarding. And it almost felt like skateboarding, but without the skateboard on that descent. Mm -hmm. So there was some, I guess, some commonality in terms of body movements and flexibility that skateboarding gave me. And I think that's helped certainly on trail running, the more technical stuff that I do. But from the mountain biking, I think that kind of helped give me a cardio base in which to start, if that makes any sense. Oh, it, it totally does. And, and, um, I, I love that you connected that dot to the, to the skateboarding and, and how that, that works together because I, I feel like, um, and I don't know if this is an American thing or just the, the people that I've been around or, or whatever, but it's so easy to get kind of blinders to get laser focused on, you know, my running is my running and my, this is my, this and my work and my family and other activities or whatever. Um, but so often there is overlap and especially something that you've been doing for years that you've enjoyed doing. And, and, you know, for, for you, I would imagine with, with some of the skateboarding stuff, it's just so ingrained. You don't even think about it. And then, you know, you kind of do it, do it on the trail with, with the running. And it's like, Oh yeah, like I've been doing this for years or this, this type of technique or this, this way of looking at, at the surface to adjust here. And, and like you said, pump here and, and whatever, um, that it just kind of comes, comes natural. But, um, again, I, I think that sometimes we, at least me, at least I can, can lose sight of the fact that things are so, there's so much overlap in the different areas of our lives that it's not just, you know, each individual thing by itself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that came to my mind. It was, I realized all of a sudden that that my body was moving in a way that was instinctive Mm -hmm. and that instinct, it almost, it brought back to me the skateboard feel, which I'd not felt for a while. And I found myself in the garage the other day looking at skateboards, checking the wheels, tightening things, and thinking I might take you for a roll later on. And right. that's possibly something I might explore later this weekend if the weather stays good. There you go. There you go. Um, so, so you know, kind of going back to, to the, that, you know, first race, went well, looking forward to running again. And then obviously, you know, as, as has happened all around the world, uh, you know, COVID was a thing and, and various places, lockdowns, races being canceled that was a you know pretty pretty global situation as well um i i know that that for for a lot of folks having races come off the calendar um was a bit of a struggle you know there was plenty of folks that kind of lost a lot of motivation they enjoyed the race day environment they enjoyed you know having that goal to work towards and and to get there to the starting line and, and run the race and i'm curious with with you being relatively new to the running scene at that at that point um how much of a disruption was and still maybe is even 
COVID restrictions, races being canceled to your running, or, or was it something that kind of just didn't didn't really impact you that much? It didn't bother me because uh, it was the disappointment of not of the race not being held. But um, I don't run to race. Mm-hmm. I it's the race is always a peripheral thing for me. I don't. I think I'm motivated more by running by pushing myself to see how far I can push myself without breaking myself, rather than to push myself in a race. I think I find I'll probably push myself harder at running on my own than I would on any race. And because I don't compete against anyone, I'm not a competitive by nature, mm-hmm. but I'm competitive with myself. I see a challenge and think I want to run that. I'm sure I can do it. I'll get out there and do it. What rather than I don't need a race to do that. If you see what I mean? No, I, I, so, I totally do. And I think that, um, I think that's a, a, a good thing to have that, that, that you know self motivation or to be be having you know some of that that drive come in internally um and and if nothing else i mean i get, i think that maybe that's one of those lessons that we've learned over the last few years is that you know mm. when races if there's another situation for any type of of reason whether it's a weather situation whatever uh you know heaven forbid another pandemic type of situation where races go off the calendar um, having that internal drive can be huge because you can just kind of keep on keeping on and you might miss the races and might wish you had the opportunity to jump in a race, but you're still running and you're still able to push yourself, challenge yourself, of course, get all the, the benefits that, that we see of running. Um, but but I'm, I'm curious, and, and this ties into some of my um, my background is in kind of sports medicine and, and things like that. So injuries are kind of something that I get, get I don't want to get excited <laughs> about. But when you say that, you know, you kind of push yourself to, to you know, almost – I can't remember the exact phrase you said, but kind of something along the lines of like pushing yourself as far as you can without breaking yourself. How do how yeah. do you kind of calibrate that to to not go over the line? Because you know if you've been around runners long enough, you know that we talk about our injuries, and most of us have had injuries of some form or fashion. How do you how do you push yourself without pushing too far and and ultimately winding up broken more often than not? Um, well, I think the, I I think my first injury was. Um, I've got a duff left ankle, I call it. It was a, it's a hang back to my old skateboarding days. I took a bad fall on it once and it's never really been the same. So I spend a lot of time on um, exercises to make sure my ankle's mobile. Um, eccentric calf raises, I think they call them, mm-hmm. to keep the strength around the ankle. Um, I'm quite religious on stretching. I have a foam roller, which I use if I've been out particularly hard. Mm-hmm. But I listen to my body. And the other thing for me that's quite big is my diet. I tend to take, I'm quite focused on eating eating the right things before I run and the, eat the good things after I run as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not what I call a, a dietitian by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I look at what I eat. I cook all my own food. I don't eat junk food. Um, and I, I actually think about what I'm going to eat before I run. So if I'm got, for example, Sunday, I'm going out for a long 16 to 18 miler. I know that night that I'm going to want something that's going to have that's going to carry me through that run. I tend to run faster in the mornings. Right. So quinoa, plain red cabbage, avocados, all that kind of stuff, I find will fill me up and keep me fueled. And when I come back, I'll make sure that I have protein shakes, decent breakfast to refuel me. And I tend to find that tends keeps my body fueled enough to recover and sleep. It's a big thing. I go to bed early. I get up early. And I think that a combination of those makes sure that my body does what recovers from what I put it through. Yeah. If I'm out running and I feel something starting to go, then I stop or I will 
reduce pace and turn around. I'll listen to it. It's it's perfect advice, and it's something that I, I you know some people are probably rolling their eyes a little bit because I I say those same types of things all the time. Um, yet I'll also be the first to raise my hand and say sometimes it's easier said than done. You know sometimes yeah, sometimes right. it's it's uh, you know listening to your body or, or hearing what your body's saying and then actually doing what it's asking you to do or pulling back or, or whatever. Um, not always the easiest, easiest thing to do in the moment. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I've come across, you know, I've injured myself and I thought, Oh, I can run through this. I'll be fine. And I think it was about a couple of years ago I was out running and I put my foot down badly. I felt something pop and I thought this ain't good. I'm not running on this at all. And I literally couldn't, I hobbled home. Um, but that that was a big lesson for me, thinking, yeah, I can run through it. Basically, my ankle had lost its stability, landed badly, something popped, and I was I was out of running for about a month and a half. And the biggest lesson I took from that was is if you've got a niggle, get rid of it rather than try and run through it. Yeah, and, and again, one of those things is easier said than done. But I, I feel like a lesson that a lot of us have learned. Um, somewhat the hard way over, over the years, hopefully not yeah. having to learn it more than once, but, uh, yeah, you know, if something's a little bit off, take care of it before it becomes a lot off and then you, you have no choice, but to be out for a while. Yeah. Cause I was bemoaning my, my, you know, saying, I can't believe it. I've duffed my ankle client running for a month or so. And I, a friend of mine actually said, well, why don't you try something different for a while? Cross train, mm-hmm. go swimming or something. I thought, you know what? I've not been swimming for ages. So there I was down the local baths the next day, making a fool of myself in the slow lane in the local pool. But I got in, I got it done for a couple of weeks before the pools were shut due to the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic. But uh, it helped. It, I, thought, I thought I'm actually doing something for my body to keep myself supple, limber, and fit before for when I'm ready to run again. Yeah, and that's and you you, you answered my question before I could ask because I was going to ask what you did in that time time being off. Um, you know, as 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 time has progressed then and obviously you know hopefully knocking on wood staying healthy and continuing to run are, are you doing any other type of, of cross training regularly or is that something that's just kind of on the back burner for i don't want to jinx anything but if if there's some reason that you can't run for a while you'll get back to it no um a couple of times a week i've i work out with weights a bit of strength training mainly because again i was told you're getting old you need to not just focus on your cardio and your legs. You need to do something about your back and your arms and that. So I lift weights for half an hour a couple of times a week. But I've also got two dogs. And they get walked every day. And weekends, we tend to go on long hikes in the mountains. So tomorrow, for example, we've got uh, something like a 15-mile 15, 15 hike in the mountains planned. Mm. Which So quite a bit of um, walking in the hills, that sort of thing. Again, it helps build the cardio, but it's I use it as an opportunity to scout new running routes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, uh, and I'll be the first to admit again. I it's half half the time the case. Like I, I you know, I'm I'm the guilty party more more often than not. But I I don't I don't want to say pay attention or, or or count walking. But like like it's not something that I I typically do. Like if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go run. You know, if I if yeah, gonna, yeah. Or, or I'll jump on the bike or or whatever. If I'm if I'm gonna quote unquote work out, like it's gonna be something along those lines. Um, but but. I mean, walking, hiking, things like that really are a great cross training, whatever you want to call it. Like those are great activities, good time on your feet, which, which helps to build some of the resilience and, and, um, a lot less force, a lot less wear and tear. Like, like that's, that's a good thing to do to support running and, and something that, 
at least for me, is real easy to, to overlook. But when you got the dogs with you, hey, you know, like, like they want to go. So it, it maybe makes it a little bit easier to make that part of the routine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And where we live, it's some beautiful hiking to be done. So, you know, we moved to North Wales about a year, well, yeah, just over a year ago now from the, the Midlands of um, the UK. Mm-hmm. And since it's a place we used to holiday all the time. So we thought, well, why not? Hey, let's just move here. And I live there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're doing the kind of stuff we would have done when we we're on holidays, but we can do it every weekend now. Yeah. But something else we've started as well is just down the road from where we live is there's an inland surf place. So you can actually get on with some inland surfing. They've got, it's basically in the middle of the mountains and you've got this, it's quite insane. You've got this wave machine and you're literally looking at all the mountains around you and big waves coming at you. You've got your surfboard, you've got your wetsuit and off you go. Hang five, hang 10. It's, it's pretty damned awesome. That is awesome. And, 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 and I am not a surfer by any stretch, but I, I feel like I know enough to know that that's, that, that somebody who's good at surfing makes it look super easy, but that's, definitely not easy. And there's, there, again, you know, talk about a different type of workout, but definitely still a workout. Um, core it's, and balance it's tiring. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up, I used to surf cause I grew up by the sea, but I hadn't surfed for about 20 years when I first went last year and mm-hmm. God, it was hard to get going again. And I think I stood up once or twice, but at the end of that session, it was only an hour. My arms, my core, even my legs, they were on, they were toast at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It was mad. Mm-hmm. And you just think, you forget how these sort of activities can really take a toll on your body and what they can do for you. It's fantastic, really. Yeah. Great form of cross-training. Yeah, and, and, and again, I didn't know we were going to go necessarily down this, this cross-training route, but it's it's just one of those things that I, I don't feel like, um, you know, as runners, we want to run. Like, that's that's what we want to do. It's our raison d'etre, isn't it? It's it, it really here. is. Yeah. But if you mix in some cross-training, and, and the key, of course, is making it things that you enjoy doing. So So, mm. you know, just because... I might talk about jumping on my Peloton and, and sitting on the spin bike. Like I, I kind of enjoy that once in a while, but if that's not your thing, go for a hike, do the surfing yeah. lessons, like whatever it is, it's still working and it's still helping. Um, and you're having fun at the same time. Like, like, and it supports your running. Like it's, it's, there's so much good to just broaden your horizons once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just taking a look around, you can think there's always something new to try. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you've tried it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's a good point too. Like, like, and, and even even if we want to keep it within running, like, you know, try trail running, try road running, try longer stuff, try shorter stuff, try the the obstacle course racing or or whatever. It is. Like, there's so many options out there that are that are the same but different. Try it, and if you don't like it, hey, no worries. And I better get my I better be careful. I'm gonna get myself in trouble because I'm gonna get some people that are like, well, you said you didn't want to do this. Well, why don't you try it? So you know, I gotta put that, that <laughs> caveat out there, but. Um, but yeah, there's, there's options, the options abound if you're just willing to look for them. So, um, shifting, I don't know if this is a shifting gears, maybe a a little bit. Um, but, uh, one thing that I, I definitely wanted to to touch on or, or at least, uh, well, hold on, I'm going to put a pin in that. I'll get back to that one here in a second. Um, you mentioned in the, in the intro that, uh, or not in the intro, but kind of when you were talking about your, your first race doing it as, as a, as a charity runner, um, and, and kind of putting that extra meaning behind, behind running for, or running that, that first marathon. Um, mm-hmm. wh- where did, like, was that something that you, that you knew about? Cause I feel like, I guess where I'm coming with this question is I feel like I had run multiple races before I even realized that running a race for a cause was something that people did, or that was even, a, even an option. Where, where did that first come across your radar? Um, well, I've seen London marathon people running for charities, mm-hmm. um, and, various other things but when I started to run for the um the Snowdonia marathon signed up for it 
um, I just suddenly thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to tell a load of people I'm going to run my first marathon. It's one of the toughest ones in the in Europe, apparently. Chucked some cash my way if I, you know, if I um, managed to complete it and put money towards rescue dogs, which is something that's quite close to my heart. And that was re- that was it really. I just thought I've got to give something back for doing this, and uh, it was a it was a worthwhile activity because both my little dogs both came from um, the Dogs Trust, mm. and they they do an awful lot of good work. So I thought, well, I've got to put something put something in the coffers for them. And it, it did help me in terms of motivation. I got my, uh, my dog's trust vest on for the for the race. Mm-hmm. And I went out um, on that day, and there's quite a few people shouting, cheering, for the dog's trust as well, which I thought was a nice touch. And for this, the marathon I've got coming up this year, it's for a, a cancer charity, which is based in Wales, so it's something kind of local. Mm-hmm. But um, my wife's a nurse, and so I'm kind of fully aware of how cancer touches so many people in so many different ways. And again, I thought, again, that's a nice kind of charity to put some money towards. The company I work for, I, I won't go into details about that, but they also do something called matched funding. So whatever I raise, they match. So it tends to give a hefty wedge towards the charities concerned. That's that's something that I've I've only done, only, quote-unquote only, done one race as a, as a charity runner. But that was something that I didn't even realize existed because being self-employed, like I guess, I guess my, yeah. my company matches everything that I donate because I'm the one donating it. But um, I, and I guess there's really no match. Like it's just that's what the donation is. But um, yeah. just just hearing, you know, from from others where it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you fifty bucks, and then my company will give you fifty bucks on top of it because they'll match whatever I donate or, or however it shakes out. Um, you know, you get you get some people that have that that opportunity, or if if, if it's your organization or your you know your, the company you work for that does that. Yeah, it, it can it can add up pretty quickly when you start getting that that corporate match going on. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and as a runner, it gives you that extra impetus. Then I guess. Oh sure. Certainly. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's something that that is is near and dear, whether it's whether it's the dogs or or you know, I mean, Lord knows everybody just about has been touched by cancer in some form or fashion. So mm, sure, you know, yeah, those types of things where it's just like, oh, I don't really want to, but it's for you know, as much as it might be for you, and and you know, the the, the drive and some of that motivation comes from within when it's when there's a, a organization attached that you want to support uh it's easier to get out there on those days when you're not really feeling it get the work done so that come race day you can really enjoy it and then you know send some some good chunk of change somebody's way and i got a question for you actually i guess out in america on your races what's their what's their policy on headphones in races um (laughs) what tends to be the deal so, so pretty much every race that that I've ever run, at least when I've when I've read through the the fine print, they all say, um, you know, we encourage you to not wear headphones, and mm-hmm. you know, we want you to be able to hear what's going on for safety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I've never seen that policy enforced outside of for the elite. So, like, if if it's people that are running for for big prize money in New York or Boston or Chicago or any of those big type of races, like, yeah, yeah, that'll be the rule. But for everybody else that's running those races and they're they're just running to get their their PRs or their PBs or whatever, running for their charity, whatever, um, I've never seen anybody out there trying to police headphones for even though it's it's kind of not allowed at every single race. What's it like over there? Yeah, they're pretty much they're quite tight on it. Um, the first marathon I ran, it was no headphones, which was a bit of gutting because I always listen to music when I run. I'm the heavy metal runner. It's what I listen to when I run. That's what I do. Um, so that I found that quite tough on the race. That's probably the thing I found the hardest, certainly for the last three or four miles where you were grinding up the, the final 1,200 feet. I could have done with something heavy in my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, the last race I ran, 
they've they allow you to wear bone conductor headphones you know the ones right that uh, yeah, it kind of puts the music through your cheekbones or something so you can hear what's going on around you as well as enjoying your great tunes i had the music on for the last race and that was so much better mm. i came flying down this hill iron maiden in my ears i was ble- <laughs> i was beasting it it was fantastic there you go. <laughs> i was throwing i was throwing the horns at people as i was going past them it was fantastic i loved it yeah so i'm hoping that they'll be a bit more lenient for my marathon at the end of the uh end of the year because i could do with it for that yeah, and, and it's it's. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the direction I was going to go with with you being on on Twitter as the the heavy metal runner as as kind of part of your <laughs> your name there. Um, and and I I think I saw somewhere that that uh, you know you you play a little music too. Are, are you in a are you in a band? No, I I was when I left school. I left school to play bass in a uh, a kind of goth rock band. We were trying to be the cult. Um, but we failed miserably, and so I ended up moving into the corporate world. Um, but no, I, um, I I I noodle at home. I'm I'm writing songs in my spare time. I don't think they'll ever get me uh, out of my corporate life, but uh, it's just something I do as a hobby. Picked up. Um, I recently started playing guitar properly now, uh, so I'm starting to write write some songs, make a bit of uh, noise. My wife has to suffer the noise each evening as I sit down with the guitar plugged in, but. Uh, <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's something I started up again. I thought, well, just because I'm no longer in a band doesn't mean I shouldn't play. So uh, start it up again. I'm I'm still a kid at heart. Oh, of course, and and you know it, it's it's like I I noodle a little bit too. Although you're you're well farther advanced than I am because I don't write any of my own stuff. It's just I'm trying to noodle somebody else's noodle uh, and 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 play you know see if I can play what I you know whether it's it's Pearl Jam or whether it's it's Dave Matthews or or whatever it is so, you know, something that that uh, maybe not quite as he- as heavy as as what you like to 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 noodle on and 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 listen to but um you know to each their own but but you, you know you bring up a, a an interesting point and that's kind of where I wanted to get into or at least you know, where I thought we might go at, at some point talking about music and just the role it can play on on you know during a race and giving giving you that little bit of a boost um and I, and I guess I had never even thought of even though, like I said, you know, all the races here tell you you're not supposed to, or they encourage you to not wear wear headphones, but I've never seen it enforced. Um, was was that a shock at the first race? You know, when you're like you used to listening to your music and having having those tunes and that pick me up when you need it, and all of a sudden you, you, you're not like really allowed to. Well, I'd, I'd already scouted it out, and, and I knew that's what I was going gotcha. to be facing. So, from as part of my the last training run I did, um, it was a 21 miler. I went out and I ran 12 miles with music and 12 miles without, or 12 miles with music, 10 miles without. And those 10 miles were hard, but I thought, well, I can do this now. And on the race day, I'll probably have a, you know, I'll probably be so caught up in the whole thing, it might pass the time a little bit. And to be fair, for the first, the first half, the first half of the race, I chatted to other runners. I met a couple of people who I'm friends with now on Twitter. Um, it was okay. But, but as the pack kind of ex- expanded out, and I found myself running on my own. That's when it felt really, really lonely. I thought, I'm getting tired. I've got nothing around me. Yes, yeah, I had people, I had spectators cheering you. But at one point, we were out on this long road. No one around. It's getting cold. The wind's coming in. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I've got another... 10 miles to go i've got no tunes this is killing me but uh yeah so the, the second leg was quite hard until i caught up with another pack and could start chatting to people again just to keep me sane 
Yeah, I've I've uh, found very much the the same situation, um, or at least very similar. Like I I don't I don't tend to listen to music a lot during my my regular runs, but I'm always listening to podcasts or audio. But I'm always listening to something. Is is the, yeah, the yeah. story. Um, and if I'm really having a rough day, I do I do switch on the music and that and get that that extra boost. Um, but on race day, I tend to I kind of keep it as my ace in the hole and and something that I'm not going to really tap into until the last you know 45 minutes or the hour of of the run and and just try to um, you know, do exactly what you did, chat it up. And, and especially when it's still early in the race and there's people that are, that are relatively close by. Um, and, and kind of, I mean, I guess that's kind of the inspiration of, of this podcast. So maybe more from training runs than from, from race day, but just, you know, you, you never know who you're going to run into during the course of a run and, and the, how the conversation might flow and, and friendships might develop. And I suppose that maybe is one, one slight positive, if you will, of, of having the, the no headphones policy enforces that it forces people to, maybe talk to somebody next to them a little bit and, and you never know yeah. where that might lead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> for my last race, I think I, I had a little bit of pressure on me from that one because there's a couple of guys from work told me to sign up for it mm-hmm. and said they were going to beast me because they wanted to, uh, the beast, the old guy who was a senior manager and, uh, make a bit of a fool of him on the course. So I kind of had in my mind, I got my game plan. I'd set my playlist up nice mellow tunes to get ease me into the race. And then it ramped up and ramped up. So I was that nerdish. I sat down and worked out my playlist to get me through that course. <laughs> and I was, keep, I was keeping an eye out for them because they're, they're, you know, they're club runners. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were telling me, well, we're going to come in and uh, we're aiming for one hour 45. And, you know, what are you aiming for, Steve? And I said, I don't know. It's my first half marathon. I didn't mention I'd run a marathon before mm-hmm. to them. But uh, I just let, I kept that one to myself. But uh, it did help. And I did come in about six minutes before them. So that worked well. It just goes to show a good playlist can uh, can work better than a good pair of shoes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and and sometimes the old dog maybe doesn't have all of the physical stuff, but has the mental stuff to you know keep keep the cards close to the vest and like oh yeah you know it's just my first half marathon I don't I don't even know and and uh, <laughs> you know and and uh, kind of surprise the the young pups a little bit. What was uh did, did you uh did you really let them have it or did you just kind of you know keep it keep a little smug smile on your face or how did how did that shake out the next you know the the next work day at the office. Well, it was in one of the meetings, they said, um, they, they, just, they said, oh, you came in at 1.38. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. And they said, well, I thought you, were, uh, they thought you were targeting something like two hours. I said, well, I just assumed it would be two hours because I'd never run one before. <laughs> and then one, a colleague of mine said, yes, but he'd run a marathon before. And they were like, ah, I didn't realize that. You kept that one quiet, mate. <laughs> but yes, it, it, it was all good natured, I suppose. But uh, yeah. I think they learned a lesson then. Don't underestimate people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know what they've got hiding behind their chest. That's, but, uh, that's very true, and especially when it comes to to, to running. I, I mean, I'm sure probably just about anywhere, but it's just you know, so often it's it's so easy to um, you know, oh, I I've done X Y Z, and so I, you, you know, like who, who you, oh, it's your first time, whatever. But you never know. You never know what's what's going on there, and. Uh, um, a little bit of false bravado can come back to yeah. bite you real quickly. Well, what was funny on that race at the end, just approaching the finish line, I think that's the picture I sent you, literally just before that picture was taken, some guy went beasting past me, and I think he ended up beating me by about three seconds, and I thought, my God, I can't believe I let that happen. <laughs> I looked him up on the race um, the race results. It turned out he was 65 years old. Wow. He looked in incredible shape. He looked about my age, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking – how cool is that? He's looking that good at 65 and he's just flown past me. It made me think that's so cool. I want to be like that. 
So the initial disappointment of just being pipped at the post by someone was turned into something like, that's really cool. I can be like that. Mm-hmm. He's looking good. Yeah. And, and I feel like that, that lends itself to something I've, I've said once or twice, but that, um, you know, it, it's so easy to get, to get maybe down on yourself or, or, you know, whatever. Oh, I, I, I came in a little bit short of the goal or, or this guy passed me right at the end and like, mm-hmm. Oh, but there's, there's always layers to it. And there's always that, that level of, you never know who, who that, who, who you're inspiring or who, you know, who's inspiring you. And just because, um, maybe, it, maybe you don't hit your mark or, or whatever. Um, then you, you look at it a little deeper and you're like, well, shoot, like this is still better than I've done, you know, years ago, or, or in this case, you know, wow, like that's awesome. And, and I want to, you know, still be, still be here 10, 15 years from now doing the same thing to, to the, the young guys from work or, or whoever, um, and, and just kind of how that motivation can play off, even though he, you know, he doesn't know you from anybody necessarily, but he, here he is motivating you. And, and we have that same power sometimes, or that same ability to motivate others, whether we know it or not, which is one of those cool aspects of the sport that that's easy to overlook, but it's, it's there. Yeah, damn right. I mean, I, I just still think back to that moment just thinking how cool he looked having just flown past me. And then me discovering you're 65, I thought that's just insane. That's so so damn cool. Yeah, I've got I've got a neighbor here um, that lives uh, lives across the street part of the year. He lives farther north during the winter or during the summer, and then they come down in the winter. And, and a big part of the reason they come down in the winter is to run, uh, is because he wants to run and he doesn't want to run in the ice and snow. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's he, I think he's 91, 92 now, and and. Um, no way. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously, you know, at 92, he's not as fast as he was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever, but he still gets out there most days and his run might be more of a shuffle now than, than it was, you know, five years ago when he was down here and 10 years ago when we bought the house. Um, but it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's so inspiring to be like, you know, look at Bobby and he's just out, you know, he's out there every day, you know, maybe not every day, but he's out there four times a week, five times a week running his 25, 30 miles over the course of the week. Um, shuffling going. stretching yeah. in the driveway like just doing all those things and it's like <laughs> you know what 50 years from now like i hope i'm doing that like i hope i'm able to run as much as he does and able to, to be in charge of my health as much as he is and um you know it just it's just it's just so inspiring to see stuff like that and, and whether they're blowing past you or whether they're just shuffling along they're doing and that's where i want to be you know as, as the, yeah. the world continues to turn for the next several decades yeah moving rather than sedentary that's absolutely. the way forward absolutely mm. absolutely um Coming, coming close-ish to, to wrapping things up. We're not quite there yet, but we're, we're on the, that trajectory. Um, you know, you got, you got this, this race, the, the marathon, hopefully will happen again this, this year, another half marathon as well. Um, and, and with the idea that you mentioned earlier about kind of, you know, continuing to push yourself, and, and that's where the real drive comes from. You know, what, what, uh, what are you hoping to achieve this year? Is, is 3.30 for the marathon part of the, uh, the, the goal, or, or what, what are you looking for? Obviously, predicting the future, that's always a, a tricky subject. But if all things go well, what's, what's, uh, what's the agenda looking like for you results-wise this year? Well, for me, the, half, uh, the um, <clears throat> Snowdonia Marathon at the end of the year, three hours 30, I really want to hit. That's, mm-hmm. my, that's my goal. It's what I've put on my charity um, nominations to people. That's my challenge. Steve B's Snowdonia Marathon, three hours 30 challenge. There's that. Uh, my half marathon is uh, another one with a big hill in it. 13, uh, it's, a, it's a route I've kind of run already. Um, and it did slay me last year, but I did tend to do it on one of the hottest days of the year last year. So I'm hoping it won't be quite so warm. But just just completing that and not dying on it would be good. That's all I want to do is be able to, to run it. I, I like to run things. I don't want to 
stop and walk or take a breather. I want to be able to start it, finish it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my goal for this year, those two. And then next year, I'm thinking about trying something a bit different, maybe moving into a, a longer distance run. Mm-hmm. I've got to find something that interests me. So it's got to interest me, so it'll probably have, have a hill on it, I should imagine, <laughs> but <laughs> somewhere along the line. So I, um, whether it's a it's a... A genuine race or whether I just take a day out and go for a you know, 40 mile run or something mm. over a uh, over some trails but that's something I'll plan for next year but for me three hours 30 in the Snowdonia marathon that will leave me happy at the end of this year I think gotcha well yeah that's that's another one of those those beauties of our sport is that you can always you can always find more whatever whatever more is whether it's more distance whether it's more hills whether it's a little bit of both whether it's an official event whether you're doing it on your own um, you know, the, 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 the sky is kind of the limit and, and maybe the creativity is the limit as well. And, um, I will say, you know, heat or Hills, but both that's, that's tough. That's tough. So, uh, I, you know, like I said, living in Florida, it's, it's hot and humid here pretty yeah, much year yeah. round, which is, I'm thankful that we're flat, but, uh, you know, if we've got Hills, like, let's keep it cooler. So yeah, to, to have that, that race happen on one of the hotter days, like that's, that's a cruel, cruel twist of fate right there. <laughs> yeah, well, I think um, the, the weather's one of it. Where we live at the moment, you can either be nice and hot in the summer or in the spring, or it'll just be freezing cold. Right. You're not going to, you know, it, and there's always a good chance of rain. That's one <laughs> thing we find here. So <laughs> it'll, you'll end up getting wet, whatever. But, well, at least yeah. at least that stereotype of uh, of of you know the England and UK holds holds a little bit true. At least at least in your area, it's, it's always going it to be rainy. It does in, in our area. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So as we're, as we're wrapping up today, Steve, I, I, I'm going to end on um, what I call a philosophical question, which is basically just like an introductory question, something that's very open-ended. You can take it whatever whatever direction you want to go with it, and, and this is typically a good place to put a bow on things. And that's just, uh, I'm just curious, you know, in, in your your years of running now, you know, six, seven years, something like that of, of kind of dabbling and getting a little bit more serious yeah. and now having some goals and some ambitions and things that you're working towards in this year and beyond, Um what have you learned about yourself through running? Are there anything anything that stands out that you can you can kind of point to and say, oh, you know, this running thing has then translated into other areas of life, or I've learned this about myself, or anything like that 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 you can kind of you know learned learned about yourself in your in your time in the sport of running. I think one thing it's given me is discipline, mm. which um, I have in my day job, in my personal life. I you know I tend to be quite laid back. Um, but running has given me a discipline more than anything else. If I want to do something, then I have to put the work in. And in order to put the work in, you need to plan how you're going to do that. Plans can change, but you need to have a plan in which to put that work in. If I don't have that plan, then I can't do it. So it's taught me discipline. And what I've learned about myself is that I can be quite mentally stronger than I thought. Because certainly going out on the long training runs when you're learning to, starting to run a marathon – it gets hard, and of course it gets hard, but it's easy to stop if you've got no one with you. Mm. Uh, it's, and if you suddenly stop, then that's it as far as I'm concerned. You've almost failed. What you need to do is to keep pushing through. Obviously, don't push yourself through to breaking yourself, but it showed me that I can be stronger than I thought. And that I guess even if you think you're, you're wiped out, you've actually got that little bit more in the tank. You've got to dig in and try and find it whether that's by sucking a bit of energy gel, changing your playlist, find something else to distract yourself. Mm. Yeah. As, as is often the case that, that entire answer, I was just nodding my head going, yeah, yeah, 
Absolutely. That, that makes total sense. And, um, maybe a lesson that I've learned and forgotten and glad to, to be reminded of it. So thank you for sharing that, Steve. And, uh, y'all listen, if you want to connect with Steve on, on the Twitters at Kendall fella, again, K E N D A one, one instead of L L K E N D A one, one F E L L A on Twitter, disruns.com slash 1044 disruns.com slash one zero four, four, get you back to the show notes for today. Links to, to Steve's Twitter, some photos, uh, photos of the dogs. We didn't talk as much about the dogs as I thought we might, but you know, sometimes that's, that's how things work. Um, but <laughs> photos from him running and, and the whole nine as in links and all that kind of good stuff as per usual. So, uh, Steve, thank you for, uh, for taking the time today. I'm glad that we were able to connect on, on Twitter recently and, and set this up. And, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, continuing to follow along and, and see how things go for you and, and cheering you on to that, you know, sub sub three thirty. Uh, and then whatever else the future has in store for you. But again, thank you for the time today and nothing but the best for you going forward. Thank you, Danny. It's been a real pleasure. Really enjoyed speaking to you. All the best. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Steve and myself. And as per usual, you know what's coming here. Uh, I'd love to hear what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway? What was something that, uh, you know, was kind of rattling around in your brain still and, and might be might be stuck in there for a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe even longer than that as this episode draws to a close. For me, it was it was just the, the reminder. And, and maybe it's because of me dealing with the itis earlier this year and, and having having kind of to face that reminder in my in my real life. But Steve's story really emphasized again to me the value of cross-training, the value of diversifying your interests and in when it comes to activities and exercises and things that you do for your health and your fitness. And it stood out for a few reasons. One, you know, just some of the, the muscle memory from skateboarding that, that was able to kind of contribute to uh, some of his downhill running and staying upright and, and going well on the hills that he uh, enjoys running and, and racing upon. Um, but also his mountain biking background. And I feel like this is a, this is a, a area of discussion that I've had with other folks before who maybe before they got into running, were doing other forms of activity, whether it's mountain biking, whether it's swimming, whatever it is, other types of cardio activities they competed in, or at least really, you know, had a, a strong base of fitness already built in before they started running. And, and it stood out to me with, with Steve and that, you know, he kind of took to running like a, like a duck to water and that once he, I'm sure there was a, probably a little bit of an adjustment period, but once he got used to the pounding of running, like his base was already there and he was literally off to the races. And I think that for me, sometimes I lose sight of the fitness enhancements, the fitness improvements that doing some things besides running can provide to my running. Like it's easy to see when somebody's a mountain biker or a swimmer or whatever the case might be before they really get into running, how that can help them really get into running and, and really, you know, just take off and run some fast races right out of the, out of the gate or, or whatever the case might be. But if it works for somebody before they start running, maybe call me crazy, but maybe it would work for us once we've already been running for a while, you know, maybe, maybe working the body a little different way, um, could be a good thing. Of course, I believe that that's the case. Yet easy for me to lose sight of it where, you know, for the last couple of years before 2022, I kind of didn't do much besides run dot, dot, dot case of the itis dot, dot, dot back on the bike a little bit more. Oh yeah, this is really a good workout. Maybe I should do more of it. And, you know, maybe a little blessing in disguise of my, my battle with the itis is that regular cross training, regular time on the, on the spin bike is back in the mix. 
And maybe I should, you know, maybe I should dust off the rollerblades or get out, you know, the, the kayak or do some other things once in a while to, dis, you know, that are fun, but also just maybe might pay off for me in various aspects of my running, even if it's hard to connect the dots to it specifically. I don't know. But that's my takeaway. Just, just a reminder that not only is cross training, you know, good for, for saving wear and tear, but it's also really good for performance. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe just a little less running, but a little more cross training. Maybe that's an addition by subtraction situation waiting to happen. I don't know. At least it is for me. At least I'm, at least it's something I'm thinking about for me. Maybe it's something that you're thinking about for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe your takeaway is something completely different. Something that I, that, that I glossed over, or or maybe one of the other things that kind of stood out, but didn't, didn't make the final cut is my final takeaway. Uh, one way or the other, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. What was your takeaway from today's episode? I'm at Dizruns on Twitter. I'm at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And you can also, also head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 1044, Dizruns.com slash 1044. A few photos, a couple links. And of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom of the page where you can type out to your heart's content, all your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways from this episode or any episode. Although if you're going to give feedback from other episodes, I would encourage you to go to the show notes for that episode and leave it in the comment section there. Just want to make sure we're clear. Uh, But if you really want to leave something from an episode from two years ago on Steve's notes, I mean, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Anyway, that's, that's it for for me today. Uh, One last shout for the the new plans that I've got cooking and have, have made them available. If you're interested in, getting a little some some generic guidance that's not necessarily specifically for you but maybe it might be helpful in in crafting your own plan uh check out disruns.com slash plans uh all the things that are available more things coming I'm, i'm trying to keep working on these a little bit um you know just just churning them away add more more options so that again it isn't completely one size fits all maybe it's a little bit more uh subsect based on pace goals and experience and things like that so keep checking it out and if if you have a request for something sort of specific to you let me know and i'll see if i can't put something together that isn't i'm not gonna lie it's not gonna be super specific to you but something along the lines of what you're looking for that could be helpful so let me know but uh all the plans that are available and more to come at disruns.com slash plans p-l-a-n-s and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up Uh, Y'all, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button. Tell a friend. Spread the word. Always appreciate it. And until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.